Watch a full length movie. So, uh, tip, tip to the okay. giant button. Enough of that guy. Yeah. Yeah. Hi, Carl. That, hi. <clears throat> Time for you to do your spiel. You always do in the beginning. Let's spiel it up. Well, let's just keep it simple. Uh, we are L W A F L M O Y T. I'm Michael Spielman. I'm here with Schmarl. And uh, Paul Spielberg uh, Bach is also here on the mic one. It's, it's, it's a special. It's a special to be here. Uh, <laughs> let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. We are going to watch with you a full-length movie on YouTube. Listen to the podcast and watch YouTube at the same time. Follow us. You can go to iTunes to get our feed at L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. We're also on Twitter with that acronym as well as YouTube. We're on Facebook as Let's Watch a Full-Length Movie on YouTube. And we have a blog spot, Let's Watch a Full-Length Movie on YouTube.blogspot.com, which has an essay, uh, the podcast, and the movie all in one little bite, and you could watch it like there. Uh, so, Carl, how are you, man? All right, doing great. Good to speak with you, as usual. Is it really cold out there on the East Coast? Yes, yes. It's in the 30s. We're buried in snow, but, uh, you know, the weather has no choice. Eventually, it will be spring. Right. Okay, I guess so. We're, we're here in California broadcasting. Kavala, how about you? It was, it was kind of chilly. You had to wear a long sleeve shirt today? Yeah, no, it's definitely chilly, but there's patches of sunshine everywhere across the bay. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, there's patches of sunshine. What's the forecast, the five-day forecast for the Bay Area? Uh, I'm partially hard. All right, well, that wraps up five days. <laughs> we're going to watch a movie today. Carl, what's the movie? Uh, today, well, I want to tell you it's called Bailout because that was on the cover of the VHS in this direct-to-video feature. But it's also called WB Blue and the Bean. It's a David Hasselhoff movie, and Linda Blair appears. Appears? She's not in the entire well, movie? Well, she's a co-star. Okay. <laughs> but when Hasselhoff is in front of the camera... All know, eyes on him. <laughs> All right, so let's go to YouTube, and we're going to go look for Bailout. It's two words, and this movie came out in 1989, so we always recommend when you look for a movie on YouTube to type the title and then the year it came out, and it'll know what exactly what you're looking for. And uh, who's hosting this? What channel should we go to? What's, what okay, link should so we go watch? The link that you sent me initially is fine, but the credits get cut off. Oh, no, we so can't I have that. I found another one, but it's a little hard to get to. <clears throat> so okay. put in... Bail out, all one word, B-A-I-L-O-U-T, space 1989. And then you have to go down like five or so. All right, I see spied fans version. I see the film archives have politics destroyed. Now, this is a Russian version. It's 
P-O-M-A-H, C backwards and pi symbol, letter, lowercase b. Okay, I do see this. Holy shit. <laughs> okay, so this is this has the uh, separation with that little straight line you see on the uh, Twitter feed. Yeah, yeah, the pipe symbol. The pipe symbol. So if you type in all one word bailout 1989, you will find this one. About five or six down. Again, it's P-O-M-A-H, and it's Russian. Gotcha. And it says six views so far, and it was posted last month. And it says full title is Bailout WB Blue and the Bean David Hasselhoff Rare Movie Action Movie Ing uh, Ing HD 720%. Okay, so go ahead and click that and then hit pause immediately and we're going to let it buffer and get ready and then we'll hit play when the the sultry weatherman voice of uh, Paul Brumbaugh. (laughs) All right. are we ready? Let's uh, well, pull. Wait, yeah. Are you guys you buffered? Go. Yeah. Are you guys in the buff out there? You are we guys in the all buff? buffered up? Here we go. Got your finger hovering over that big old play button. We'll okay. do this in three, two, one, go. All right. Is this music supposed to be playing in the background, or is it? I have the. Uh, hang on a second. I think now, I... usually movies start in which you see your hero, and you it's sort of like a day in his life, his routine, until the inciting incident breaks him out of that routine, and we're off into our adventure. Gotcha. For some reason, this film doesn't start with the hero. It starts with one of the players showing his normal routine, and he will have the inciting incident. I don't know why. Okay, so you're talking about this guy in this super cool rare car that nobody drives around in. That's right. Of course, it's 1989. Well, what was the last uh, time you drove around in those? Those there's a lot more of these cars, and you don't see them on the East Coast because you're <laughs> no. stupid snow and sea salt that used right, to, uh, right. to to melt. That's the why snow. I'm always buying a new Bentley every year. But uh, yeah. <laughs> is it because the ashtrays are, are full? No, I, I yeah. crashed the car and it was a killed a person. But the ashtray yeah, joke was funny. Yeah. Last week I had a flat tire and I was like, I love that car, but I had to get a new one. <laughs> that joke's a little flat. <laughs> Spare me. Spare me your joke. Okay, so I want you to know that this guy's name is Alan, okay? The guy walking up the stairs. he's a bail bondsman. And for some reason they're pretending that a bail bondsman is super rich, you know? They're not. But... Um, you know, even the owner of the Bell's Bondsman. Well, but the reason I like this guy is he was in Star Trek. He was in Trouble with the Tribbles episode. Get the fuck out. That's great. That's, I've actually seen that episode. So good. I get to see before and after. He was the Klingon who he was undercover as a human. Right. He got discovered when a Tribble freaked out under his nose. Right. That's absolutely right. He was like kind of a merchant guy. Now, he got a second breath of life when Deep Space Nine did a Let's Go Back in Time to Trouble of the Tribbles episode. So not only did he appear again as that 1966 guy, or 67, he in 96 he got to play himself as an old man. And you seen that episode? Yeah, it wasn't bad. <laughs> it wasn't good. <laughs> it wasn't good. It wasn't good. But it was neat because you were going back in time to the coolest episode. But listen, here's more about this. Okay, I'll tell you after because we're about to meet a guy. Yeah, so this is okay, uh, so you can see he switched cars to right. a, a shitty car because right. he works in a shitty area. 
Well, because he's a bail bondsman and he doesn't want criminals to say, well, is there a white Bentley parked outside? Oh, shit. <laughs> I'm on exactly. The exactly. Now, this is George Buck Flower, the homeless person here. His name is Steed. Okay. He always plays a homeless guy. You'll see his face. You'll know him. Is he a Dick Tracy? Is he the, the, that is the gold standard of homeless people uh, performances. See, he got his quarter. But he was lying on the street like that, only in the space. Oh, this guy. You see his face? Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, he's he my father. He was in Back to the Future, one and two, he was, as a bum. Yes, in the square. And they only have he bums in that square. He was a cook in Starman. He was a drunk in Escape from New York. He always plays the bum. He was the director, John Carpenter, in Escape from New York? He said no, he, he said but, he, he was the drunk. Okay. John Carpenter, since you mentioned him, he gave this guy a cameo role in almost every film he ever made in the 1980s. Oh, wow. I was making a, Fuck. I, I was making a joke. You said the drunk on uh, Escape from New York, and I said the director, John Carpenter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, nice shot of his feet. Do you, I, right. man, you could put your feet on your desk back then. Uh, fucking A. So right now we're seeing what a jerk he is. Uh, you saw he was uh, driving through his neighborhood going, hi, Mrs. Johnson. And she was he's right. like, under his breath. I hope you croak. Like we're supposed to learn that he's a jerk and we don't like him. Is he going to die? He's going to die. He's going to get he's killed. He's not going to die. He's going to get screwed over. The director's Ugh. setting us up for that right now. What we're learning is nothing came in overnight that was of any value. But here's the inciting incident. He receives a phone call for a million dollars, 1980s money, bail. Wow, that's pretty uh, high up there. Okay, so here's another claim to fame of this guy that's very interesting. He and his wife, named Mitzi McCall, performed sketch comedy on The Ed Sullivan Show, the same episode The Beatles' first appearance was on. Now, that's incredible because I also know that uh, Marty, uh, Rossi and Mar- Martin Rossi, who I was a fan yeah. of, was also on that that perform uh, that performance. Yeah, talk about getting eclipsed, right? Right. <laughs> well, you would hope they uh, they'd be like, they love me. I would have that tape on my reel. It'd be like the most watched comedy yeah. night. Because <laughs> it's not it's the truth. Yeah, they met the- John Lennon in the dressing room, and they had you know. He wasn't so big then. He was just some. He was just you know, like that a, show was going to make the Beatles in America. He was just an anonymous asshole, John Lennon back then. He wasn't like the, <laughs> yeah. the famous asshole that he was known for. All right, hello. I'm sorry, I, I can't understand you. Oh, I said hello. I, I'm sorry with your accent. Uh... We're the comedy duo of Fubi and Fufu. Yeah, whatever. That man was John Lennon. They actually they were on Laughing. Um, they were on the match game a lot. Uh, I saw that from you know, they cattle tails. They had a they had a career. Yeah. All right. So are we at a boxing? We're at a, a boxing ring. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So this guy is pretending that he is going to show him a few ropes. He's claiming he worked with Muhammad Ali, but the truth is he's a bail bondsman, and this boxer skipped bail, so okay. he's come here to collect him. And he's he's conning uh, the coach. Bell Bondsman. They're uh, Cinema's yeah, the greatest underdogs. He's a former football guy, and, and he'll get noticed throughout the movie. 
Is he the bean or WB or? Uh, he's blue. Blue. He's blue. And the bean is uh, Hispanic? The bean is Hispanic, and it's a horrible stereotype. All right. Okay, so just I want to prepare myself for this movie. Oh, there's stereotypes all over this film. You're going you're gonna to see. I should mention that uh, I'm part of the Bad Movie crew here in San Francisco, and for the last 10 years we have been watching, at one point uh, for 10 years, watching weekly movies and heckling it, uh, Mystery Science Theater yeah. style. And we have done this movie, Bailout. And uh, to sit in a room full of people watching this movie is pretty impressive. People love so this So you see, film. he pulled the gun, and he's got a badge that says Bond, Bond yeah. Bail. And then... Okay, they're playing Hispanic music right now. It, look at all the kids. It's such right. a stereotype. And, and he always does the dirty jobs. It, it's really terrible. So this guy, even though they don't say he's Jewish, he's like playing all the stingy, penny-pinching um, stereotypes. And the black friend, he's a, you know, we just saw he's a smooth talker and he knows the street stereotype. And of course, the white guy leads the team, he gets the girl. It's all stereotypes. So the white guy, representing white guys, is David Hasselhoff. Yeah. Yeah. Way to go, white guys. Way to bring in the So right now he's exploiting the bean. He's saying, you know, I got this job for you. It only pays fifty bucks, and the beam's like, "Oh, that's not." I got all these bills, and he goes, "All right, forget it." He goes, "No, no, okay, I do it." Oh boy! All right, maybe Here's I should put up the volume. Hang on a second. Whack! Oh, so he's a tennis player, and everyone he's else. A tennis and instructor one... with some history of professionalism. And then uh, Blue is a f- ex-football player. Right. And the Bean is just a Bean. Check Look out at that cell phone. phone. That's made out of Legos. That was like four Lego boxes. It's a brick. Lego ran out of, of the color gray. Hasselhoff. Hasselhoff, I'll do it. Oh, I'm sorry. That's how I answer the phone. <laughs> oh, so he's a, Hi, David Hasselhoff. I'll take the role. I'll take the role. Good <laughs> Oh, no, I, this is your mother. <laughs> this is your daughter's school. You need to pick her up. <laughs> so now he's like, again, doing his stereotypes, offering a very low amount. But when he finds out, it's this heiress named Nettie. Her name is Annette Ridgeway. She's like a rich heiress lady named Nettie. She's in the sorority pepper papers. Tasselhoff's no fool. She's in the sorority peppers? Uh, what? Oh, society papers. Excuse me. I'm sorry. Well, because I've been checking the society papers, and I just have not seen this announcement. <laughs> it's the '80s. It isn't current, you know. That's the only time I hear about her hometown. Is it like the New York Times uh, uh, society pages? It's like mm-hmm. some rich guy from our hometown married some other Mark rich. Claire. Yeah. And that's why we're in the New York Times. So now he's like, "Do you know Nettie?" And I do, and. She's had a falling out with her father, and he's like, "You mean rich, steal money, we father?" Saw, and <laughs> I love this character choice because, as a tennis player, he's actually allowed to wear a headband on screen. It makes <laughs> sense; he's a character. Now he is three years removed from uh, Kit and the Talking Car at this point, but he has not yet started um, Baywatch. Uh, Baywatch. 
So this is 1988, two years before he starts Baywatch. It, then it was filmed. Huh. So he... Uh... And, and it went straight to DVD, it, but that didn't happen until 1990 when he was known for... Baywatch. Yeah. And then, they, so they exploited that thing. And they probably just changed the title and said, Bailout's easier to print. Yes. I don't know, print, but yes. Well, I mean, so the VH cover was weird. It says uh, bailout, uh, but meanwhile, the title of the movie's got WB in the bean, blue in the bean, and also the the the, the, the uh, cover of the DVD claims seventy-seven minutes film, and it's like ninety minutes. Seventy-seven minutes. Wow, I wish. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> now he's going to Sanford and get, Sons. Um, uh, a, ba- a person who skipped bail, who's an American Indian, a, a Native American. Okay. Oh, so that's and so this racial stereotype calls him Tonto and stuff. Oh, uh, let me see if I can get the volume going up on this one. Oh, I'm using this. Well, so. you picked the time in which the yeah, it's pretty fucking quiet right now. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know that Sanford and Sons? The first season was called Sanford and Sons until the the death of their older son. Not a lot of people know that. So you can see that he's... Okay, so I missed it. Sanford and Son was Red Fox's sitcom. What is it? Yeah, no, I was making a joke that it was originally called Sanford and Sons until the tragic death of their older son. (laughs) Of the other son. Because the show's called Sanford and Son. Yeah, with Lamont. Right. I was making a joke that there was another... I was making a family death joke. All right, anyway. Okay, let's move on. So now Bean is like, I don't get paid enough to get shot at. Right. So he starts to leave, and his car won't start, and then it falls apart. So he's like, you know what? I need money. Then he goes into the trunk and gets his own weapon. Huh. Well, I keep my weapon in my... You should never keep your weapon in the car. I mean, honest to God, people steal weapons from cars. Can we just say a mm-hmm. public service announcement that, like, you hear stories about people getting shot and it's because someone had left a car, uh, gun in the car and someone took yeah. the gun and used that gun. So don't be right. dumb like this guy. I keep it on my person. I'm sure you do, too. Yeah, no, I keep it on my person. I keep it in a... In a I, like, right now, I have a holster because I'm indoors. <laughs> I'm not always honest about it. I got pulled over by a cop. He's like, do you have any weapons in the car? And I was like, no, it's at home with the dope. <laughs> That's not my joke. Officer. <laughs> That's not my joke. That was by that, that black comedian named Robin something. He had a cartoon. Oh, Robin uh, Harris, right? He, he was Bebe's on Do the Right Thing. Bebe's Kids, you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. that's right, Bebe's Kids, that's right. Yeah, I love that stuff. That was his show. Yeah, his albums were great. Well, he had a joke saying that, uh, uh, he said, uh, oh, what was it, his girlfriend wanted him to uh, go Pac-Man on her, and he was like, no, I forgot what it was. Like, uh, Yeah, it was good stuff. I had okay, his album. Now, the point of the Bail Bondsman is to bring him back to face court. That's how he gets paid. No, it's but meanwhile, shoot guns he's throwing at him. grenades at him and he's shoot, shooting at him with a gun. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, like what's the end game? Well, you know, he is a Native American, right? Didn't you establish that? The, so it's okay to... <laughs> Where yeah, are they? I, it's not okay to shoot a Native American unless he has the bow in him. Yeah, okay. <laughs> right, unless he dies He's on the horse back. Okay, so he is throwing grenades. He just happens to have yeah, a grenade. Yeah, it doesn't in his... make any sense. He's wearing purple pants. The guy was throwing a grenade. 
This must like be an Activision called. game. This must be Kaboom for the Atari 2600. <laughs> Who wears purple pants that throws grenades? That's like a sociopath. Psychopath. No, a sociopath. A sociopath has no empathy. Okay. A psychopath uh, kills people with, because he has no empathy. Okay, so look at See, he's shooting them, right? Yeah, then we times. find out, oh, they're rubber bullets. Oh, so he's okay. He's just a stuntman. Doesn't make any sense. If you're hit with a rubber bullet, you are bruised. It can break you your, can crack rib. your ribs. It's not yeah. like... No, it doesn't. Even if you have a uh, bulletproof vest, it'll save your life, yeah. but it'll still crack your ribs. Yup. So, you should, if you want okay. to know more information, check out my YouTube video prank show where I shoot guns at. <laughs> where I get yeah. shot by a... Okay, so here comes Linda Blair. She's getting out of court. Finally. Her bail has been paid. And now all half off's got to do is keep her safe. But this guy just court. cock but, Oh, no! Bad guys have taken her. Level wood. You must save the prisoner. Oh, yeah, they just throw her into a van. She's 15 minutes of the movie. Me. Help me, please. I'm late for taping Roller Boogie with Scott Baio. <laughs> no, actually, Scott Baio was in a different Roller Boogie movie. Well, he, Linda he Blair, we know her for The Exorcist, but also there's Chained Heat, there's Savage Streets. She was yeah, wow, a big deal for a time. Well, she she also starred in a lot of good B movies, like a lot of, I mean, Bailout included, yeah. where she just kind of brightens it. You know, it's nice to see her show up, do her thing. She was in um, Airport, 1975, which was like a sequel. Yeah. Well, you don't know. There you know, was an Exorcist 2 she was in. There was three sequels to Airport. Airport. Uh, Airport 77, right? 75, 77, and 79, The Concord. Oh, then she was in the original 75. Yeah. How okay, cool is so, that one? Movies don't do that anymore. They should put the year that comes out on it. I'm waiting for yeah. that again. Okay, so we find out that those weren't bad guys. They were guys that Gaddy hired to make sure she gets home okay. These are all now. Look at this real violence. bad guys show up and murder the two, and take her. Right. Oh, now so she's double kidnapped. So Daddy was just being nice and kidnapping her, but these guys—they mean business. Right. These they, guys. Daddy okay, kidnapped so, her in a white van, and these guys are kidnapping her in a black van. Because they're bad. Yeah, yeah. they're bad. Okay, guys. <laughs> Okay, so her boyfriend was like messed around in the Colombian drug trade or something, and they lost a lot of money because of this arrest. So they're going to hold her until the father pays a million dollars. Now we're going to get to see some booty and tits. Booty Unfortunately, and tits. in oh. Jersey, you you uh, they have to keep their top on nowadays. Oh, if you drink alcohol, but here in San Francisco, you just have to drink soda. Yeah, we've got that too. It's called a juice bar. I, I still never gone, but apparently the titties are free flowing as flowing as the juice. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Come on in. Juice is free. All right, now this is funny. He's calling up Blue. Blue reports what the plate is, like two private detectives. But right. you should check turn up the volume. These girls have pulled up alongside him. Cassio preset for. Shit. Okay, so we kind of missed it. Uh, it was very funny. Well, she, she said, said hi there, I'm sexy. I'm hot on the trail of this 
Colombian drug people. And then the girl comes up and goes, hey, handsome, want to race? And he's like, oh, hi. You know, like, my <laughs> name is. And that distracts him, and he ends up on the exit ramp. So it is funny. No, and uh, here he's not telling his partners what happened. He's like, oh, yeah, they, I, they were good. I lost them. But... Last time I saw this many uh, strip club action was when I was watching Sunday night uh, Fox uh, animated television shows. Because they, they all take place in strip clubs. This is uh, Stan Lee's uh, cameo is on this thing. Stan Lee's in this movie? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he said he, I just happened to be there at the club at the time. Now, this is shot where? California? Los Angeles. Los Angeles. This is Los Angeles. This must be the Peppermint Rhino by the airport. You know, there was very little backstory available about this film on the internet. Um, this guy named, um, uh, where is it? Max Colevin. Kel- Max Colevin. He's behind this whole thing. He wrote it. He directed it. He produced it. Also, Hasselhoff has a production credit. But he was, most of his career, he was a stunt coordinator for like a film that we did, Hot Dog the Movie, and many others. Um, Ruckus, The Night Stalker, Deadly Stranger. So he was a stunt person, and for some reason he got a shot one to be a director. And that is, and this is the result. Well, that's not bad. He wrote it, you know. He was clever, uh, except for the stereotype. Bail Bondman movie, you can't go wrong with a good Bail Bondman movie. <laughs> Midnight Run. Yeah, that's right. Um, uh, the Quentin Tarantino one, Jackie Brown. They're, they're cool characters. Not yeah, that life. was a Bill Spawn. Yeah. Not in real life. They're scumbags in real life. Yeah. So um, he's now going to Daddy's house. Okay? Now look at, see this guy? Yeah. He's got a knowing, telling He has thing. a safari hat. it never hat. becomes anything. He has a safari hat. Maybe he went on safari after this scene. <laughs> yeah, you never see him again. He was... <laughs> He's off to shoot elephants. But I mean, the way he looked. Yeah, like he thought he would come back in the third act. Now we meet Dean Wormer. Dean Wormer, John Vernon. Yeah, John Vernon. That's right. He's playing Mr. Ridgeway. He's Nettie's father. <clears throat> and he's all wrapped up in this drug business. David Hasselhoff's like, I'm here for the get out weekend. <laughs> Now, you remember him as, as uh, Dean Wormer. Right. He's been right, in other in stuff. In Animal House. A, a National Geographic, I mean, uh, Lampoon. National Lampoon film that we will never see because it was good. Yeah, because we only uh, want to see, uh, we love watching National Lampoon movies. And don't forget to now, stick around to the end of the show to find out what movie we'll be watching next week. Maybe it's a National Lampoon movie. What a teaser. Ah, you just tickled my ass with a feather. Yeah, it is particularly nasty weather. <laughs> okay, now, this, he was also a major player in a movie that you need to see and you've still never seen, The Outlaw Josie Whale. I think I saw that. That's uh, Clint Eastwood, right? Yeah, you didn't see it. <laughs> right. It, he's, he's a writer and he's like, actually, he's kind of pale. Is that the movie I'm thinking of? Yes. Yeah, the pale writer. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> I know. He's, it's crazy. He was out in the sun, but he was wearing that poncho. He likes the song Misty, and every time he's in the bar, he always says, play Misty for me. Is that the guy, that the movie yeah. you're talking about? Does he drive a Gran Torino? No. This guy, John Vernon, was also in Ernest Goes to Camp. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a full-length movie on YouTube, by the way. It is? He was, I'm, he was in I'm Gonna Get You, Sucker. He played Mr. Big. You you know, you are my resident Ernest fan, because you know Ernest. Yeah. Yeah, and you've seen them. We watched uh, Go to Jail, like, 25 years ago together. Okay, now, Blue is going in to rent a car, and this guy is overtly gay, and it's kind of fun. Wheels. I have the perfect thing for you. A lovely Alante. Sounds good. I'll take it. Bring it back tomorrow. I just know you're going to love this. Such a lovely, elegant sound. Now, the premise is a little weird here. He has to go and see an Iranian who knows all about this, uh, the drugs, to find out what is the Colombians doing kidnapping. But in order to do so, he has to go to a fancy, schmancy restaurant. So he's got to rent a fancy car. That makes no sense. It doesn't. Why don't you, you know what I mean? you could get a Bentley? I know where you could get a good white Bentley. Your your coworker, you could borrow his mm-hmm. car, save a scene. Okay, here's the weapons in the trunk. Oh no, he's got a hard hat. He's got he's got like okay. His, so they kidnapped Linda Blair and they took her to where some industrial park. They got to find out where. So he's going in here to pretend that he is uh, a gas that like there's a <laughs> gas leak. Meanwhile, the secretary is like, ah, the two o'clock stripper. You can sit there, please. (laughs) See you dressed as a plumber. Well, right now he's sort of like undercover pretending so he can get a list of all the people who've (sighs) recently rented out space in that that, um, industrial park. I wouldn't say this movie is dated, but her desktop computer takes up most of the screen. And it's a weird thing. He says, may the bird of happiness fly up your nose. He says <laughs> to her. It's like his private joke or something. I don't know. Dean Wormer was also in Heavy Metal. He played the voice of the prosecutor. He was in Airplane 2. He was in Change Heat, which was also with uh, Pam um, Linda Blair. Right. But to me, the most important thing was his very first role ever, ever, ever. He played Big Brother in 1984 back in 1956. When I went to research that, I found out that he really didn't play Big Brother. He was the face, you know, on all the posters. Oh, so he didn't act? He was just a poster face? Yeah. It was, I was like, <laughs> oh, they had a 1984 way back in 1956, and he was... Big Brother, let me check that out. And they had to make the just a poster. The poster had to say three lines so it could get a sad card. Yeah, right. <laughs> it was a huge leap between 1956 and then his first movie in the 70s. So. Well, it, it was it's because he had to act. He, had, he actually had to move around and talk. <laughs> it wasn't just he was like. Have you done anything before? Well, I was a poster. <laughs> anything else? <laughs> I did some freelance poster work afterwards. <laughs> I was. The <laughs> I, put, I, I wasn't exactly a pinup girl. Okay, here's the Iranian, mm, and really? you know, eighties lady. This is before the Iranian crisis, so we're not. We didn't know we were supposed to hate them yet. Oh right, we we were still funding them. Yes, we were. Yes. 
No, we were, we the just Shah. had. A, no, but didn't we uh, have the Iran Contra uh, sessions happen in '86, right during the administration? Wait a minute, you're right. You're right. I I've got my uh, dates wrong here. Not we are much. supposed to hate. Oh, okay. So maybe it's because he's a stereotype Iranian. Of course, he's into drugs, something like that. Well, we hate him because he won uh, the race in Cannibal Run too. Oh, Jamie Farr. Jamie Farr. <laughs> <laughs> Who's from Toledo, Ohio. Oh, Jamie. That's my game show uh, impression. Oh, Jamie. This uh, young lass likes to ride her bicycle, but only when it's blank. Oh, right, right. Yeah. Right. And then he'll do a, a funny joke, and then the real thing. Okay. So now they're saying, be very quiet because he's concentrating. He's playing tennis again. Right. And then when he he gets interrupted, he goes, do you know how difficult it is to hit this ball? <laughs> That's pretty funny. There, he just said it. Lyndon been... Blair was in uh, Scream as an obnoxious reporter. So That's she right. had like a cameo. Well, and she a, was also in some joke. It was a parody of the Blair Witch Project called the Blair Bitch Project. Ah, ah, ah. You sure it was a parody? Maybe it just happened to be a coincidence that those projects sounded similar. Mm-hmm. It could have been. I know that she and Leslie Nielsen uh, were in Repossessed, a parody of the movie that made her yeah. career. Yeah. Of Exorcist, right. Right. Other stars have done that. Uh, Marlon Brando starred in... Uh, uh, the Freshman, which made fun of his uh, Godfather role. Oh yeah, that's right. Um, is that the one in which he was? They were doing the. They were doing the heist. No, I'm thinking of a different film. Oh, you're thinking of? Uh, oh yeah. No, this one is. Uh, his home planet of Krypton is being destroyed, so he decides to put his son in a spaceship and send it to Earth. Oh yeah, that yeah. parody. Yeah. <laughs> Superman. Uh, now, David Hasselhoff is the king of making fun of himself. Now, like, back here when he's making this movie, everyone's like, this guy is super cool, you know? But then when everyone got older, they said, look at the 70s and 80s, how silly. And Hasselhoff was always like... Yeah, you're absolutely okay, correct. Like, yeah. I just saw him in a movie called Killing Hasselhoff, in which he played himself, uh -huh. and it was like all a joke. Here's oh, a Stan Lee impression. Yeah, Stan Lee. Did I, you see Killing Hasselhoff? No, but I absolutely agree with you. I have seen Guardians of the Galaxy 2, where yeah. it was two-part prong joke. One, it was an 80s nostalgia joke, because he that was the last thing he saw before he went out of Earth. And second of all, he shows up and sings the theme song at the end, and he's very kind of loungy-looking on purpose, and he uh, yeah. you know, says, we are Groot, and it's in the end credits as well. And I saw him in Baywatch, the movie, uh, he shows up. He he shows up in Click. He plays himself. He plays like I think after yeah. that uh, viral video, which I almost played uh, to start off the show, the one of him broken down and drunk and eating a hamburger while his daughter records him. The one that went viral. Yeah, that around was the world. not. Uh... <laughs> That's. I mean, that went viral around the world, and I think his daughter kind of put, or I think his family. I'm not going to lay blame, but posted it just so he would kind of snap out of it, but. He's completely drunken, and he's in the shower, and he's trying to eat a cheeseburger or something. <laughs> okay, now, 
they they got into they're trying to get into the industrial park area pretending that there's a gas leak and so Stan Lee was like there's no gas leak and then you see they've got dynamite here I know this is crazy that's a federal crime to have dynamite but I guess it's bail's bond right. and everything goes they're, they're just doing a huge explosion so they can go in and try to find out where the kidnappers are it doesn't make any it's sense it's an 80's movie I mean the way they they shoot people with machine guns and then like blow up things with dynamite it's just par for the course yeah. hey let's see so I promise there is a gas leak senor boom <laughs> Like, right okay, behind you can them. have access. Was that a blue screen, or they actually uh, blew it up behind them? Uh, I'm sure they really blew it up. It looks like they're on a Los Angeles soundstage right now. Yeah, not soundstage, but lot. You know. Yeah, well, this is downtown Los Angeles. They just blew up an abandoned building. You know, there's also this movie like David Hasselhoff versus the Wall. Um, he was on the Comedy Central roast of himself. Right. He was a judge on America's Got Talent. So this guy's made a career out of, like, aren't I silly? Well, part of, part of it is that, uh, I guess we're, we're, we haven't brought up this jigsaw piece. He uh, kind of overhyped, but he was a, a cultural phenomenon movie uh, music-wise in, in Germany. Yeah. He was a pop star, yeah. a German pop star. Yeah. And he's got the perfect last name for them, and he looks the part for them. Do you, do you uh, can I tell you one of the funnier Hasselhoff trivia is, is that he was going to so he was kind of playing up the uh, campiness of his uh, German pop uh, fame uh, in America and he was going to have a pay-per-view uh, David Hasselhoff live uh, show and it happened at the same time as OJ Simpson's Ford Bronco chase and nobody oh. watched his special that'll steal your thunder yeah Man, they got a lot of shit. These guys are these guys are sociopaths. Did I say it right? So they're no, total psychopaths. Psychi- they're psychopaths. They're totally psychiatrists. Look at them. They're blowing up shit without regard, no empathy. They're totally psychotherapists. He's saying there's a gas leak. You have to get out, and and they're not buying it. They're like, you're here for the girl. Right. No, what girl? Blair is like, I'm acting. Right. I'm an actress. Why did we tie her up to a uh, a chair with wheels? What are they called? Rolling chair. Yeah. Yeah, you shouldn't tie someone up to a rolling chair. That's ridiculous. You stupid jerk. (laughs) We will kill her. We'll We'll point the gun to her head and point her out the window so you'll see. I can sing. Okay, Bailsman, you win. You heard the man. Back off. Hooked on a feeling, right? Didn't he? That was a cover that was popular, he sang? I don't yeah. know, but so that's his musical chops. And then his acting chops consist of Knight Rider and uh, Baywatch. Yeah, and then a bunch of movies. I mean. But he plays himself in those movies, and he never well, played a character. No, like this movie. Like oh, there was a movie. cutoff time in which he was like, "Okay, I'm a joke, and I'm just going to live with that." Like it took William Shatner years to get to that point. Him, he was like, "Okay, that's where the money is. I'll do it." Right, and I think a lot of it has to do with those two guys like to sing, and part of the campiness is that they're kind of 
it's a little generous to call them singers sometimes, but they uh, they <laughs> they do it, you know, and uh, it's kind of fun. Like the Shatner stuff kind of took off again in the nineties because it was just so campy and it was this. It was you know, a joke. Yeah. But no, he, but Shatner never. Shatner went to a recording studio and he made a record, and then he did a few tours to uh, a few shows to promote that, but it failed. He never was like, oh, I'm a pop star, you know. He he dabbled because they told him it was going to be big. And it was called, what was out. it called? The Transformed Man? And he looks like Captain Kirk on the cover? I don't remember. I remember his version of Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. Right. I remember Mr. Tambourine Man. I remember listening to Howard Stern playing Mr. Tangerine Man and laughing. Like he said, Howard Stern said, like, uh, I would love to be the studio engineer while they were recording that. Yeah. Yeah. I, Howard Stern is probably what made it come back in the 90s. You're probably oh, right. Well, I that in the swinger scenes, the swinger revival kind of brought that kind of camp, the campiness of his up, up forefront. Mm-hmm. The lounge singer. You you seen? Um, it's on YouTube. It has to be. There was a science fiction award in the seventies, like uh-huh. the you uh, I don't know the Ursula's or whatever, and uh, he sang Rocket Man. Oh yeah, I I I have heard that version too. Yeah. And I know Stewie from Family Guy uh, does a version of, of him singing. But it's great because he's singing, you know, Mars is no place to raise a child. It's cold as hell. And they cut to like a bunch of like 70s long haired science fiction writers. It's really funny sitting at tables. <laughs> uh, the old, I'm going to shoot a smoke bomb in your car and your car's going to go off the cliff routine. <laughs> so... The uh, old shoot of smoke bombing. <laughs> uh, Blair and Hasselhoff were also in a, something called Witchery in 1988, one year before this. So They just must have showed up and said, oh, hey, good to be working with you again. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't call it working. <laughs> you call this working? Run out there. So this is like 80s gunplay. This is the kind of movies I like where they just shoot semi-automatic weapons at each other. Right, except for the guy closest to us who's got a silly revolver. <laughs> like, everyone else is going, bam, 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 and he's got to go shoot. He, only, he knows he only has six shots. So right. One Mississippi, two Mississippi, three Mississippi, shoot. <laughs> and then he hits. And right now, Bean is like, I don't get paid enough for this. I like he's how... such a stereotype. Later on, he's going to, um, I don't know, try to break in some... He's going to try to pretend he's somebody, and then you're like, let me see your badges. And of course, he goes, you know, I, I've been waiting a long time to say this. I need no dinky badges. I've been waiting you know, a long time Madrid. to say that. The screenwriter wrote that in. He's like, I've been waiting a long time for this character to say that. I'll take this character out. I'll just save this note in here. You got to hand it to Max Clevin. Max Clevin was like, I'm a stunt guy, but I have a chance to make a movie here. So I'm going to write it. Right. I'm going to direct it. I'm going to produce it. Well, you know, 
I can think of a couple of famous movies uh, directed by stunt people. Uh, there was a movie called Stunt Rock from New England, uh, Australia about a Australian uh, stuntman going to Los Angeles to do stunts and to check out a band called Wizard. So half of it was live performances of a, a prog band, and the other half of him doing stunts. It's like numbing. And then What's Gun- it called? Stunt Rock. It's this. It's, okay. it's a really strange movie, and the other movie I can think of is Gone with in sixty seconds. The original was uh-huh. directed by a stuntman, and oh, you know what? Hal Needham, who directed Stroker Ace and Cannibal Run, and he right. was a, he was a stuntman. You know, all ah. those Bruce uh, Burt Reynolds movies, he was in them. He did the stunts, and he was directed it. So, so they were like, "Sir, you forgot to hire stunt people for this film." He goes, "I don't need them." <laughs> okay, uh, all right, let me go in. And action, Al, cut. Okay, so watch Linda Blair's eyes, right? She he does t- the stereotypical. Well, she's tied up okay, to a drop chair. And Hasselhoff jumps into the criminals, and the criminals will smooth talks their way now out. Now watch of it. Linda, see? She's pointing at him. Over there. Over there. Whoa! Oh, he really shot him. He right shot boy, project. Now, Linda's going to do it again. What's she saying? Shoot that guy. Uh Uh-oh. Throw him out the other window. Why did we have two windows in this room? They should find it in a windowless room so they won't get thrown out of it. What a dump they're in, you know, with their nice clothes. (laughs) I don't get it. Like, whose house is this? They're going to come back and be like, what the fuck happened to my house? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, what a mess it is. Well, some of this graffiti on the walls already, so this must be abandoned. He goes, Linda's like, why didn't you kill that guy when you had the chance? And he goes, well, it's a problem I have, just killing people. What did he say? Uh, That's an old problem of mine. I'm told killing people. Come on, let's go. I'm reading the closed captioning, which, of course, is just phonetically. Oh, you're watching the closed captioning? Yeah. Yeah, so he's like, um, it's an old problem of mine. I just can't kill people. Okay, so now they're in the office getting chewed out by... um, the Bentley Our guy. Bale's Bondman's hero here. Uh, what, where did my sheet go? The triple. And they're saying, no, um, WB is after the girl and he's going to break her free. So they get WB on the line. And he's like, that's not true at all. He's kind of playing a joke on them. Oh, I see. Good. We need a joke in this. Yeah, Alan. That's, I don't have a last name on this guy. Alan, who was with the Beatles. No, I saw some. Oh yeah, he was he was highest number ever for highest rated rated sketch comedy duo. Comedy duo. Well, there was two comedy duos that night. They must have been like we'll have one musical act and then the rest comedy duos. Sandwich the musical act between. We should have a uh, comedy duo follow the Beatles in case they bomb, and that way (laughs) we have a safety net of comedy duo. Now, the Beatles were getting hyped by AM radio. As you recall, it was AM radio back then. Um, for three weeks before they showed up in America, and they were scheduled to be on um, um, Ed Sullivan. The thing is that Ed Sullivan knew they had something good, but they had no idea. Right. So Ed Sullivan's like, we need ringers. Get me Martin and Rossi. Get me uh, Tribble and, <laughs> and whatnot. So um, the cameras, you know, they have their um, headphones on. And when they rolled them, 
the girls were screaming so loud that the the the, the cameramen could not hear the uh, uh, you know the people in the booth. Oh wow! So, so they, they just had to wing it. <laughs> but they they had it was a lot easier when the comedy. Get, Whoa, full frontal. Full everything. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so. Pops Linda Blair looking. is like, I feel terrible. I've been kidnapped and thrown around this town for two days. Please, may I have a shower? So Half Sawhoff is like, okay. Now, right now, she's going, it's, you know, it, how, it's by the hour for this hotel. And he's like, no, no, you're mis-. She just wants to take a shower. And uh. so the girl goes, oh, a Sam. Okay, fine. And Half Sawhoff like, doesn't know what a Sam And he's like, yeah, uh, yeah, a Sam. So the then full, he gets in the car and he goes to Linda Blair. He goes, you know what a Sam is? And she goes, yeah, I know what a Sam is. That's pretty funny. So he goes into the hotel room register and the owner shows up full frontal from a shower? She was uh, she was in a hot tub. <laughs> Linda Blair wants a shower. Here, turn it up, turn it up. All right. You know what a Sam is? Yeah, I know what a Sam is. I, I didn't hear a thing. It played. All right, well, anyway, I told you the joke, so. No, it played. I think I got it. I'm trying it on the new board. There's a Pepsi sign behind her. Carl, come in. I, I'm here. I'm here. Cool. So Uh-oh. here is a seedy motel room with mirrors on the ceiling. That's good. You can see your text here. Blair, yes, that way you can see uh, if your shoes have a shine. Linda Blair ha- is like half implying that she's going to sleep with Hasselhoff. So he's like, hotel, fine. <laughs> By the hour, fine. And there she is. Showering. Naked, the... but she can't see the whole thing. It's a weird shower setup. This is Hasselhoff's uh, apartment building. It's not really a a no-tell motel. Carl, they shot it in uh, Hasselhoff's apartment for the tax write-off. I I heard what you had said. (laughs) For the tax write-off. Okay, so now she's like, hey, you take a shower too. And he's like, I don't like to put dirty clothes back on. And she's like... Well, who says you have to put him back on? He's like, okay, I'll take a shower. <laughs> I think I get your hint. So, like, does that mean, yes, yes. All right. So he's like, okay, I'll do it. <laughs> you know what's a good idea? A shower. Then, once he's in the shower, she splits. That was the whole plan. Oh. So she scammed him. Oh, I thought after sex he was going to say, you got the role. And she said, you idiot, we're already shooting. We're in the middle of the movie, you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> you got the part, darling. <laughs> you got the part, you idiot, we're halfway in production. <laughs> Are you being serious right now? So he comes out, oh, oh. I'm pretending that I got caught up. What? Oh. Pass off as blue balls. Wah, was, that's not the first time he gets blue balls. He gets them every day for, uh, throughout Baywatch. <laughs> So he's like, please come get me. It's a long story. But he, he has clothes, and right? Like, oh. And bring some clothes, he says. 
So they're laughing at his misfortune because he got them in trouble with the boss before, you see. Are they at a strip club Getting phone? Them back. Where are they? Yeah, they're they're they at a strip club. So they're on the telephone, a landline of a strip club. Right. At the, on every... Every table has a phone. Home. Well, there used to be these like uh, singles bars that had phones on the table and you would call the other table. So now Linda Blair calls up and says, I'm sorry I ditched you. I had to do it. And Hasselhoff is like, you don't understand. You're in a lot of trouble. It's a little nonsensical because... I think it's the, the same. The whole point for, for Hasselhoff is supposed to be she's got to get to court on time. So as long as she can trust him, uh, he can trust her. You know what I mean? I thought it was that you at least have to get her in the office and sign the paperwork, and then that's it. You're, you know, she's liable. No, no, her. she's got to go to court because... When you post bail, and I know you've never been arrested like me, but when you get, get bail, you've got to give the money. They hold it until you come back to court for your date. Then you can get the money back. So that's what a bail bondsman is all about. Like, I'll front you the money because I know you don't have half a million dollars. And then they give you the money back? So how does the bail bondsman make any money? Uh, he, he charges a fee for his services. Oh, and there's also interest. Huh. So now Hasselhoff is pretending to be embarrassed. You know he's not embarrassed. Oh, that he's in an underwear, uh, a towel that has hearts on it? I go, oh, hello, ladies. And I'm pretending <laughs> to be smooth. Right. These ladies are like, we're getting paid to be in this movie. We're not actually looking at you. I could just see Max at his old, tiny typewriter going, this is going to be funny. Oh. Type, 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 type. Exterior, no tell, motel. <laughs> Enter WB. As he approaches the beaner and blue. Oh, I mean the bean. The beaner was most recently in Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, but he was just old man. He never, he never, this is his best role ever. Huh. He was in Lost World Jurassic Park as just some guy. Was he the guy who took the cocktail drinks and while he ran? That kind of thing. Yeah. I don't know. It's called, car- okay, in LA Confidential, his role was first Mexican. Huh. First of all, I've seen that movie numerous times. I've only seen the first five. uh, You know, I've only seen the first five minutes, so I think I recognize him if he's the first Mexican. (laughs) He was in Tremors too, not Tremors one. No, well, Tremors one. And he was an oil worker. Do you remember Heat with Val Kilmer? I love that movie. uh, Yeah, I had it on. He uh, was he was armored truck driver. Oh well, I know who you're talking about. Okay, the last thing that I want to tell you. Well, I'll tell you, in La Bamba, he was man at party. In Speed, he was Vin. <laughs> but you once broke us all into Kindergarten Cop on Claridge Theater in Montclair. Yes, yes I remember yeah, when I broke was, you in. He was street tough number four. Oh, so he must have been on the outer edge of the street gang if he was number four, unless there was more than yeah. four members. So Blair comes home, and he's like, I'm sorry I've caused you all this trouble, Daddy, and I have no idea that you're involved with drugs. Then the main honcho shows up. The uh, uh, let's see, Cesar, that is our. He's the Colombian drug lord bad guy here, and once again, Linda's going to be kidnapped. (laughs) So be the third time. Her father kidnaps her just to make sure she's safe from kidnappers, and then that gets mucked up when kidnappers kidnap her. And now they're like, "Look out, lady! There's going to be a kidnapping." No, but there was a third one in there. 
Oh, no, there wasn't. No, they went to break her out and couldn't get her out. That's right. That. Well, she was tied up in that. Was that kind of a separate kidnapping? It, uh, it, uh, it was the same kidnapper, so it's the same kidnapping, even yeah. though it was a different day. Now, this guy is the father on... It's always sunny in Philadelphia. He's Mac's father, who's always been in and out of jail. That's your show, man. I haven't watched more than 12 episodes. Uh-huh. Oh, that's cool. Well, I love It's Always Sunny, and that's why I know his face. Oh, that's cool. All his other writing credits are really quite irrelevant. He's got him. He's on TV all the time. And, and uh, <clears throat> CSI kind of shows and stuff, but oh, that's funny. It's Always Sunny is for me. Well, right now they look total Miami Vice with the white blazer and the yellow shirt with, uh, yep. with the two buttons up front, that kind of casual T-shirt. All my T-shirts have buttons Columbia. up front. Yeah. He's got the pretend ponytail. The down low man bun. So Dean Wormer's like, you don't need to. We have a deal. You don't have to hold her. He's like, because Dean Wormer's going to like to get the money to pay them back for what they lost. He's going to sell his home. He's going to sell his, you know, company. He's going to, he goes, but you might change your mind, Dean Wormer. So Blue has a, a, a Raiders t-shirt. That was his team. He was in the Raiders? What, Los Angeles yeah. Raiders? Yes. Oh, nice. I don't know. I don't know. It could have been Oakland because we're talking 1989. I don't know. Yeah. I think they were in Los Angeles. Remember you paid me to keep my mouth shut? Well, I didn't, and I'm back to talk with you about it, Dean Warmer. Come in. <laughs> That's the title. <laughs> I this is gold. That's Max on the typewriter. Come in. <laughs> Exterior. Uh, circular type, driveway. Type, type, type. <laughs> circular driver, Dean Warmer's mansion. So, so he's like, I know you do. You are involved with the drug trade, and I know that Linda doesn't know. Because what Dean Warmer's saying is like, I am, but it's all about money. I'm not a skunk. It's, <laughs> it's just, it's just greed. I'm not, I'm not a drug shoot 'em up guy who kidnaps people. I, I'm not a. It's just money. I give them money. They give me back money. Yeah, he's a launderer it's just guy. Money. It's money. Sure, I get I'm cocaine nice in return. This is a nice mansion he has with the with the reflecting yeah. pool and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. They actually had a. They were shooting a porn in there in two hours, so they had to get their scenes in fast. <laughs> yeah, when you shoot a porn at D. Warmer's house, you got to keep them away from the reflecting pool because if these porn stars start reflecting on their life, oh my God, they're going to quit. Keep them away from the Hasselhoff, is what they say. You see those chairs? Those were Max's directing chairs, and they were just too short. They were the rejects. See how everyone has, oh no, that's, yeah, there's a mobile phone. If they just weren't so prompt, he's on a cordless. He's on a, he's on a, a cordless, yeah. But they, it's not they, a big brick. The brick is one brick. They have been using the same phone prop. That's right. You're right. I didn't even notice that. They've been using the same mobile phone throughout the whole thing. <laughs> oh, here you go. Driving fast on a, uh, Airport hangar. Oh, yeah. By the way, Jenna, this uh, Hasselhoff, a WB, of course he's a pilot, too. Right. 
Well, this is how they drove now, in the For 80s. some reason, even though this is all Colombian stuff, they're going to Mexico. I don't know why. Okay, this guy is Felix. And he's Wayne. No, it's not. No, it's not. He's I don't got know a great hat. He's got, I love that fucking bucket hat. I wear a bucket hat. I can't believe I missed this. I don't know who that guy is. He looks like the um, Top Gun, uh, I mean, uh, cocktail guy. The cocktail guy from uh, what, the nemesis of uh, Tom Cruise, that guy? Hardly. He, yeah, he was a fellow bartender, and we saw him in a movie, Paul McCartney movie, remember? Oh, give my regards to Broad Street. Yeah, I do He's remember. He's the Australian. See his round glasses? John Lennon really influenced him. Yeah. Green tie for St. Patrick's Day. That's appropriate. Of That's course, appropriate. Yeah, it passed. But you know what? He woke up drunk. He, he hasn't Tonight we will have corned beef, cabbage, and potatoes, and soda bread. We're having our St. Patrick's Day tonight. Oh, that's pretty cool. I made stuff. It's a drinking somewhere. holiday, as you know, and we don't really drink, but yesterday we went to a party and things came to a drink. head. Okay, so for some reason, even though it's Colombian, they're going to Mexico to catch to find out where Linda Blair is, okay? Now, this guy is um, Danny Trejo. Nice, yeah. There's a very young-looking Danny Trejo. Right. You know him, right? Yeah, because I was going to say, he looks like Danny Trejo. Yeah, Danny Trejo has been... Here he is. Look how young he is. We're a little low on fuel, and we spotted this place He was still ugly. Yeah, he still has the ugly, but he's not showing off his tattoos. Now, he was uh, in Desperado, Machete, Conair, Heat. Well, you know, the interesting... No, but I loved him in Breaking Bad when he was the head on the back of the tortoise. Yeah, right. That's pretty sick. The the, uh, informant. Well, Heat is terrific in Heat. And he's Machete. He's Machete in Spy Kids. He plays their Uncle Machete. And then in Machete and Machete Kills, he's like this, like Jason killing machine. It's really funny. Like, there's no way you could kill him. For some reason, Dean is pretending that he doesn't speak Spanish. I don't know why. Probably because he doesn't. Well, maybe next time. Well, they're lying, saying, like, we're down here to look at condos. We just want to refuel. Now, the story is... I really don't understand this whole scene. What's the point of it? But, well... There it is. Denny Trejo, like, I, I mean, I've heard him talk about this several times in, in, in interviews, but he was like a stunt coordinator. He got out of prison. He's a stunt coordinator for a movie called, um, it's a John Voight movie, like a Runaway Train or something like that. Uh-huh. And uh, from there, he became an actor, and he's been in, like, over 300 films, including one of my well, least favorites. Some people are all over this film as actors, and it makes sense considering who the, uh, they're like, how are we going to get... Okay, for some reason, they're going to split up now, and they need transportation to like get to the place on the down low. So Bean is like, give me money. I'm going to pretend I'm a refrigerator repairman, and I'll, and I'll like covertly sneak in there. <laughs> the, the plot really doesn't make sense at this point. It's still a lot of fun and everything, but... So they're hitchhiking? Or 
Yeah, yeah, he's gonna like. I I don't understand why, but for some reason he needs to go in there on the on his own, and they're gonna. I, I saw know. this I film, know. and I saw this part twice. I don't understand why it's We're part watching. of the plot. So they're they're out in uh, out in the country, and a truck pulls up, and and the bean hitchhikes. And leaves his friends, and his friends chase it up and hops in the back. Like, of why Trump. do they need to hide? Yeah. And why does the plane need to remain there? I guess that's so that it, they don't see them fly in or something. Are I tra- don't know. Are truck drivers that stupid that they can't tell there's human beings in the back of their truck? Two people are hanging yeah. out the back. Yeah, Hasselhoff did his own stunt when he hopped into the back. He hassled in. Yeah. He hopped. Hopped. He hopped. But never mind. They call him the Hoff because that's the sound he makes when he gives blowjobs. You know, this blue was hardly in anything. He was like in four or five films. He was goes he, away. I don't know what happened to him. Was he? An this athlete? is one of his last films ever. Maybe he did one other thing. Yeah, well, that's good. I understand. He bailed out. Right, and I think that the truck driver is a guy named um, Wayne Montano, who is also a stuntman. Um, and he recognizes the um, uh, he recognizes Blue as a football player, and Blue has to pretend, yeah, I'm in refrigerator repair now. I just happen to be in your country, play. walking around. Yep, that's him. You see the guy with the yeah. like stereotype hat on. Yep. Yeah, that's Wayne Montano. Now Montana means mountain, but this is Montano. As Felix, he's a stuntman. He's got 21 credits as a stuntman, including Escape from L.A. He knows how to drive a truck, so they were insured. So why did they do all that? I don't okay, get there it. he is. He goes, hey, I know you. You're a football player. He's walking around with a Raiders jacket. He goes, you're in refrigerator repair. Oakland Raiders. He said Oakland Raiders. Oakland Raiders. Oakland. He goes, there's a lot of money in refrigerator repair. (laughs) It doesn't make any sense. Here we go. Did you help them fix refrigerators? Yeah. The best fixes in the business. Did you quit football for fixing refrigerators? Nico, there's big money in refrigerators. Shit, I'll give you my best horses. Uh, horses? End of the road. If we're going to fix Mr. Salazar's refrigerator, we got to go the rest of the Oh, yeah, logic dictates that if we're going to fix... Yeah. Oh, boy. So we guess we got to take these horses that just happen to show up. Uh, no, no, he, it's like a rant. He has horses. No, but it's so just. I know you're not a football guy, but Archie Manning was like a big, big deal, right? So they're riding the horses, and uh, Wayne is like, uh, "Who's that guy that you knocked over in this game?" Oh, that was Archie Manning. That was the bomb. <laughs> so it's like bragging and making a joke. Right. He's saying it right now. Uh, you ever play anymore? Not much, Edo. <laughs> That's good. Not much, Edo. Man, shit, you scrambled his day. I think we might have missed it. I've been, Carl. I've been playing it off the sub uh, 
Oh, the did you see it said Archie Manning? Now, yeah. Archie Manning is the father of uh, Eli Manning of the Giants, but also the retired uh, um, Colorado guy, um, Denver Broncos guy, um, uh, the other Manning who won Super Bowls and and also messed up Super Bowls pretty bad. But okay, here she is again, always our damsel in distress, always right. sexually dressed and always kidnapped. So she's tied to a separate chair. I wonder if this is a rolling chair again. This yeah, is a rolling it's chair. Sounds- she's already prepared to kick. She definitely looks like someone who's been tied up to a chair a lot. Who's just like here I am again, like Rusty Venture, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Look at his boots. Like he's obviously a horse rider. Mm-hmm. A sadistic young man. You see, I'm explaining something while you're tied to a chair. Right. It's I so- act, and you have if to sit really and watch. If he's really the big, big boss, he wouldn't be like dirtying himself with, like, a kidnapping job, right? Well, since he's tied up, he's also an aspiring open micer, so he's going to do some time <laughs> before he kills her. I'm going to do five minutes. I got a captive audience. Might as well use it. You don't recognize... You don't watch uh, It's Always Sunny here. No, I haven't really seen it much. I mean, I I watched a couple episodes, and uh, uh-huh. but no. <clears throat> Well, I fell in love with it because uh, they're very... Okay, what's this? Oh, right, right. For some reason, um, the Colombians are no fools. And they see, hey, those guys coming are the guys who tried to, like, take the girl and everything. So they start shooting. And Wayne is shot. But it's worth it for the football guy. (laughs) So (laughs) So stupid. Exit that guy, says Max. Types Max. How am I going to get rid of this character? I know. <laughs> Look at all the blood. I am shot, senor. <laughs> Shoot them down like dogs. Wow, they got a lot of bad guys on horses falling. Yeah, off. yeah. But that's no problem because they've got Hasselhoff and he's going to win. He's saying that right now, too. He's like, <laughs> holy S. He's like, how many white guys do we have on our team? One. How many white guys do we have on our team? One white guy. We're not. No. We're all right. They're outnumbered. We might win, but. Wow. Where do they shoot this? This must have been like some foreign country, right? Or this is a Griffin Park. It does look like a landscape of uh, Mexico, but the thing is, Los Angeles could absolutely provide you with this landscape. You know, like the dusty, dirty. Desert Park. It's pretty green and lush where he is right now, but have you ever been to Montclair, uh, California? Yeah, Montclair, California is in the is an Oakland district. Uh, it's actually a district. So it's dusty, it? but it also has its foresty areas. Well, you know what? I take that back. I've, I've only seen the bus. I haven't been to Montclair. Right are... now, I don't know. Half off is is pretending, don't shoot, and he's pretending. This idea is crazy. What's the what's the WB doing? Right. I should mention that this uh, movie poster, movie JPEG, and uh, GIFs have been used constantly on message boards at least 10 years ago. I remember 10 years ago seeing, like, if somebody feels like they need to leave a message board thread, they would post the image of bailout. <laughs> Really? Yeah, like as a trollish thing of reaction, you know. Huh. So I have seen like, this Like, I'm out. Yeah, I'm Bail out. out. Here's a picture of Hasselhoff movie called Bailout. I'm out. 
bailing out. Okay, why is she now not tied up to a chair? She must have known and that And she's no longer in that same dress, but she's in a nice dress again. Like a right, she was wearing nice that dress. blue cocktail dress, and now she's wearing a, like a white spring dress, blue dress. And it's so Mexican. You know what I mean? With like um, no shoulders, uh, frilly collar, uh, frilly um, arms. It's very Mexican. Plus the dress was made in Mexico. What? I said the dress was made in Mexico. You can see it from the tag. <laughs> um, these Mexican long skirts are supposed to be because it's harsh weather and it's sort of like wearing pants. Gotcha. What is she doing? She's just touring the cocaine. place. Was that cocaine that she's just shoveling in there? Two scoops or is of it cocaine. Flour. Yeah, I guess it is. Flour. Look, he's weighing the money. She's weighing, she's weighing the, the money. money. That's not how you do it. You use the scale for the cocaine, dub dub. You dummy. You dummy. Aren't are they supposed to be topless when they're around that much cocaine just because of the heat? That was uh, crack. That was um, a lot of movies. New Jack City. Yeah, New Jack City. They're topless. Cocaine is not as. Uh, they're more trusting of these girls. In Humboldt County, when it's trim season, when it's time to trim the buds, uh, there'll be uh, people who will do it topless because it's just so hot in there. Now she's like, holy shit, it's David Hasselhoff again. On a horse. Save me again. <clears throat> and Hasselhoff's giving her the knowing eye, like, don't give me away. <laughs> Hello there, Lassie. Hello, person I don't know. Yes, right. How are you? Fine, person I don't know I either. I am suspicious. Nothing to be suspicious about? Okay. You must be Linda Blair. How do you know? Well, you're in everything. I see the stretch marks on your neck. <laughs> By the way, there's no... Uh, did you notice that uh, Hasselhoff's companion doesn't speak because he's a little horse? <laughs> hey... <laughs> You know, how can it be that her head went in a full circle and she's fine? You know what I mean? Like, it would have... Yeah, it would have uh, snapped or... Yeah, or, I mean, the muscles just don't do that. Totally so... unbelievable. The devil must be right, like... Right, the rest of it was. Yeah. The devil worked for uh, Looney Tunes. He worked for Warner Brothers, so he just kind of went <laughs> with it. Duck season. So this is the father. Does he look the same after 20 years? Uh, yes, he does. I mean, he looks older, but you can see that it's him. Yeah. Well, let's see. See, the, one time he like got into jail and it's like, Mac came to see him with uh, Charlie and they're like, we're going to get you out. And, and the father's like, listen to me. Don't do anything. Just, I'm okay in here. Just leave me be. They're like, no, Daddy, don't worry. We're going to get you out. And he goes, listen, you two idiots. I know you guys. If you make a move, something bad will happen. Of course. Don't there would be a movie. And, of course, they made moves, and he ended up getting pinched in jail. We're going to save Daddy. They killed him. This guy looks like he's falling asleep right now. 
Yeah. Linda Blair looks great. I just don't understand the plot at this point. Like, what's Hasselhoff doing? Now, I saw this twice, and I... <laughs> Did you really see this twice? Yes, in prep for today. And wow. And he's, he's threatening him, and... He looks good. He's got, like, that penis like nose. Kiss. Yeah. Do it. Kiss. Don't do it. You guys know you want to. Go on. Have another drink. This yeah. is when I have my phobia thing. Don't do it! <laughs> Come and submit. Hasselhoff has more pretty lighting than uh, Linda Blair. Like... Dun da 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 Do you want to be the narrator of uh, Knight Rider? How do I turn these closed captions on? Okay, CC, because yeah. I forget what's going on here, and I don't like that. I'm just singing uh, the Knight Rider thing. What's going to happen is they're going to... They're going to have, like, a cookout now. Then they're going to pretend to do it. They're going to pretend to do it. How do you... What, they're going to, like... Not slipping in? Yeah, they're going to be in the bed and making bouncy noises, and she's going, oh, oh. And it's like... Oh, Hoff. 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 David, they're gone. You can stop talking. Oh, okay, great. Do you think he calls his name out in sex? Look at it. I'm roasting David. Hasselhoff calls his own name? Yeah, I'm I'm roasting David Hasselhoff right now. Oh, I see. (laughs) Wait, so welcome to Let's Watch a Full Length Movie Roast of David Hasselhoff with your host, Carl. Okay, here's the cookout. And what they're going to do is she's going to pretend she's super drunk and they pretend to go off together and do it. And then when nobody's looking at around 5 a.m., they sneak away. And Hasselhoff has saved her once again. And they're singing Juan Guatemala. Juan Guatemala. You can pretend super drunk. Can, Carl, can you hear the movie when I play it on this board? A bit. Hey, man, it could be his last time. Yeah. Okay. It's all right. Good. I'm getting used to it. Don't forget, if you're listening this far, go to muniradio.fm. You click. You'll see a donate button. Click that. Five bucks PayPal. Help keep the lights on. Buy some toilet paper. Why don't they have a, a like a marathon, a, like a telethon thing? Why don't they do that? I think they've done stuff like that. It's just, you know, it doesn't mean it works. Uh-huh. Okay, so now they're going to do it. And she's taking and the boots off on a gentleman. nosy Mexicans will spy on them. As see? always. So they have to pretend, and they have to keep it up until dawn, when the Mexicans finally get tired of watching. But to be honest, that's the only way they could get off if they know Mexicans are watching. So <laughs> it's a two-way street. There's no growth. They do have horses. Look how they're doing it. We got a camera under the sheets and they're pushing the sheets up and down. He still has a boner though. Jackhammering. Wow, it's so sexy. It's so unnatural the way they do it. It looks like it's they're just pushing. It's very erratic. It's very erratic. It just looks like they're pushing a blanket up and down underneath. Why don't, that's okay, my so now it's 5 a.m. and The fuckers finally went to bed. That is what he says. You're watching closed captioning, yeah. aren't you? Yeah, I am watching closed captioning. So they're waiting for some sort of signal, and when, like an explosion or something. And when it happens, there'll be all sorts of chaos, and Hasselhoff and Blair can sneak away in the chaos. That's a really stupid plan. Right. 
Let's blow I mean, shit they got out her, just and then walk out of there. Yeah. No, we still have a budget. He shot a fucking flare. Uh, cut to a fire. Not a flare. Not a flare. A flare. That's our cue. Burning <laughs> fire. Total chaos. Ay, Run. Ay, caramba. Are they playing? What music are they playing underneath this? That I Columba thing I thought was a joke. One time I was in Miami for a job. It was, I don't know, early nine, uh, early 2000s. This guy comes back on the loading dock. He's going to like smoke or something. And he goes, it's hot. So he goes, ay caramba. And I started laughing at him. I thought with him. Oh, he right. very offended. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like if I came out and said, hey, what's up, dude? And someone's like, dude, ha, 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 you idiot. <laughs> Oh, shit. They blew that house up. The house is on fire. What are they shooting? Why did, where did they get these weapons? How come it bails Monsman? It's just so psychiatric. Right. They have such budgets. You know, they're flying planes and they're bribing the truck driver with hundreds of dollars. It just doesn't make any sense. For, but she's a million-dollar bail. A million dollars. Yeah, but he's not getting any of that. He's getting, you know, $1,000. That's why it doesn't make sense. But then, at the end of the film, they extort Allen and for $250,000. And they start their own bail bondsman called WB Blue and the Bean. Well, actually, it is so that they start their own business. You're right. Yeah. Because it's so formulaic. <laughs> this is the kind of movie that, like, Three Amigos were making fun of, but they were really making these movies at the time. I mean, they still, you know... Three Amigos wasn't making fun of like 1950s, 60s. Yeah, they were, but I mean, this is this movie is definitely a lineage of it. You have a uh-huh, village uh-huh. being blown up and people running around in horses. So I think next time we should watch the Outlaw Josie Wales. Okay, if it's on YouTube, we'll watch it. We'll check it out after. There's a lot to make fun of there. So I mentioned. And you'll get to see it. My famous uncle, the uh, traffic weather uh, traffic reporter from New England, may be here next week. So right, actually, so so it can't be. It's going to be a film that relates to him, right? It might be. I might switch it up at the last moment. But I, I should mention that uh, March thirtieth, it will be a pre-recorded show. Carl and I did a special show where we watched Godfather. We haven't aired it. We're going to air the first two hours of it uh, next Sunday. And I forgot to talk to Paul about that. It's more than two hours? Two, two Sundays. Yeah, it's about two hours and 30 minutes, I guess, because it's a two-hour movie. Oh. So you'll hear most of it. But if you want to watch, hear the whole thing, we'll we'll just write to us and donate to the station, and we'll give, it to, give you a full copy. Yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. We didn't work that out. We were going to make that we, happen. Yeah. Um, Wow, so this is like they're just killing time for the last 15 minutes of this movie by having an extended gunfight. Oh, it's horses. a horrific gunfight. There's many, many people are... Uh... Oh, by the way, um, Montana's back again. His arm is just like, I am hurt now, not dying. <laughs> and he's their partner and helper. Oh, so he's like, cause he's a big football fan, even though he got shot by nearby one. Right. Yeah. The power of football healed him. And why did he need to not know... Like, why they need to scam them? They just wanted to ride in the in the in the back of a 
They're like, how are we going to get here? Someone shows up. No one else exists on screen other than them. And someone who just happens to have a truck, right? Good job screenwriting, Max. And then another guy's like, how are we going to get here? We would probably need horses. Enter a guy with three horses. <laughs> I love football player. You're a football player? Why, what? Take my horses. He's a first-time writer, Max. One too many stunts. Way over the top gunfight. This is the 80s style. I like the style. They're all dead. Yeah. It's one of those typical things like in Star Wars. It's like they shoot at him, shoot at him, shoot at him. They miss, they miss, they miss. Hasselhoff comes in and starts kicking off people. But Star Wars are drones and clones. They're not real people. Not the first one. <clears throat> but the prequels make sure to know that when you watch the originals that they're supposed to be clones. The stormtroopers were never clones. No, they were different people. Well, they got the tons of them die. What they did in the eighth episode was explain it by saying we brainwashed people. Uh, and that's how they become our stormtroopers. Uh, I gotcha. Did you see that? The eighth one is what? A New Hope? Um, it's the first time we ever meet Finn and... Yeah, right, right. No, I have seen that one. You have not? I have seen that one. That's the one where they go into the... Uh, yeah. Uh, cantina. Cancel buys it. They go to the cantina and they're like, hey, remember this from that movie? <laughs> that movie was such a ripoff of all of the other ones. Well, you know, okay, here yeah. comes the chopper, and Hell it's the choppers. Colombian drug lord who has the money for a chopper. And on the ground, they say, oh, no, we're sitting ducks. And I'm thinking to myself, no, it's the exact opposite. A chopper is a sitting duck if you have guns. And sure enough, Linda Blair's like, give me that gun. And oh, she geez. takes him out. I do love how like they shoot, and they shoot, and they miss, and then they, they hit once. And it's like... If you have an automatic machine gun, if you have a semi-automatic yeah. machine gun, the purpose is to kill people, and it doesn't work, then what a waste. Like I know. You know, like all these movies where they constantly are building bigger weapons and they're shooting more elaborate weapons, well, they should just get a refund. I mean, it doesn't work. <laughs> Look at this, this big gun. That's fucking gun. big-ass gun. It's a flare. It's a flare. Isn't oh, I thought he was making up. <laughs> no, Hasselhoff doesn't need to do compensation. <laughs> Here's the Speedo. It's yeah. MASH. Look at it, man. MASH and then a uh, bunch of guys on horses. Where the hell is this helicopter going? We've been watching it for 20 minutes. Okay, I'm going to shoot the flare at the helicopter. Right. It has it in their sights. He goes, we're sitting ducks. And then it flies around for a while over the horses. Yeah. Here he goes. Oh, wait. It wasn't Blair? I, I guess I was wrong about that. Slow motion. I shoot flare. You can see this helicopter blow up in midair. Look, they're ducking for the bullet. Oh yeah, right. Well, just stop shooting. They're not. It doesn't work. But this one shot will. A hundred shots from an automatic weapon. Huh? Huh? Foo. Shut the door. Yay. I just blew up a helicopter, a federal offense. <laughs> but but federal officer, they were bad guys in the helicopter. He said, let me at least get off of that. 
I saw them, sir. They were wearing all white. <laughs> Some were black. Oh, yeah, he's back. Here's your money, because that's all Mexicans care about. You know you got shot. It is okay. I am shot and my horses are dead. So we're going to make a movie. Uh, would you like to produce it? Yeah, but I'm thinking one thing. On fire helicopter. Sounds great. So you produce our movie? Yes, yes, but flaming helicopter. Okay, we'll, we'll add a flaming helicopter. You'll give us you know what bugs me is they gave him the money. Some of it dropped, and he never picked it up. He no, ran away. They ran away. Yeah, I have so much money now, I don't care about the little stretch. <laughs> Wow, I see Better Off Dead, John Cusack, full movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, I see that all the time. I think it is there. Do, I, do you want to do but that one? No, because that's too good. I, I mean, first of all, you pick the movies. That's really oh. a serious part of the, the uh, thing. But uh, well, in my opinion, Better Off Dead is too good. Yeah, well, you know... To be worthy of your interesting picks that know. that director savage steve holland who's done a lot of television and i think he's i think i saw a movie he did recently but he mm -hmm. made better off dead into a trilogy so there was a movie called one crazy summer that followed and john cusack had the, a great, uh, um artist one yeah and he's demi moore's in it and uh bobcat and uh like yeah. tom villard from surf twos in it and then that's how you know uh demi moore's old yeah, that's the only reason I know it. No, I went to see a movie at the Claridge on a date, uh, No Small Affair, with John Cryer uh -huh. and Demi Moore in a San Francisco movie. I, thought, I saw that in New Jersey. Uh, but So I was with Sandy when we were first dating, and we went and saw Indecent Proposal, right? And then Robert Redford is like, listen, I'll give you a million dollars. And I was like, oh my God, that was indecent. <laughs> I said it out loud to the whole audience. She hardly knew me. Uh, what did the audience say? They all laughed I, at you. It was mixed. Yeah. Uh, there was there was a giggle or two, but no, it was uh, it was like I was being a jerk. Savage. That proposal was indecent. Okay, so he's pretending he's there's trying to extort him now at the oh, end, at the end like, of the movie. Got her. So he's like, can't hear you. Bad connection. But where are they calling from? A helicopter? Yes. <laughs> so um, now Linda they're on a they're on a walkie talkie and he's getting it on the phone it doesn't make sense this Linda is... Blair says hey $250,000 is a lot but there was a lot of money in that safe back there oh so let's so turn the plane around, around go get the millions of dollars in the safe where are they going to land by the way which is crim so now they're criminals yes the other Okay, as you know, it's oh, called Bailout. It's also called WB Blue and the Bean, but it's also called Outlaws Incorporated. Ah. Uh, well, that makes sense because they're definitely not professional. They're definitely not on the right side of the law at Mr. all. Mr. Ridgeway, John Vernon. Got the music going in the background. Yeah. Saeed Farid. So I was going to say, Savage Steve Holland, the trilogy, the third movie after Better Off Dead and One Crazy Summer was called How to Get Into College, which it might be on YouTube, and that one's a good quality movie for us. There we go. It, it never it, got anywhere? Or? I don't think it played the theater. It has, like, Nora Dunn and Phil Hartman and Charles Rocket in it. and uh, Charles Rocket, that's interesting. Yeah. Oh, he's really good in this one. Vicious Dog played by Axel. 
Don't you wish you could have gone to jo- Charles Rocket, like gone back in time and said, dude, it's cool. Don't worry about it. Don't dude. worry about it, Charles. Yeah. Everything's fine. I'm a big it's fan. I'm a big fan of Charles Rocket. Right? You, you were funny. Bong. You were funny in Saturday Night Live. You were funny in uh, Moonlighting. Hang on. Right. You were it's funny in It's years. Pat the Movie. You were funny You'll in uh, Young. Du- you were funny in uh, Earth Girls Are Easy. You were funny. You're funny. You're funny. You're right. good. Oh uh, yeah. His death was he it was suicide because he cut his uh, throat, right? <sighs> no, I don't know the details. I just know that. It was really. Uh, dra- I would drastic, if we were going drastic. to if we do that film. I'll definitely know the details. All right. But, uh, uh, have, let me see. We'll we'll see that in a second. I'll I'll type it in the, the uh, search bar now. And see if it has. Yeah. So at the end credits, it does say WB Blue and the Bean, and that's the first time I realized that the name was more different. And uh, right, I don't know why they changed it. Why? Well, I think it's more. Uh, it's a pun, and it's more action based, and. Uh, it's generic, also. Mm-hmm. I think when you list like three names, like who cares? Like, oh, I can't wait to see who W or B or the Blue or the Bean is. Right. If it's it, the sequel and the sequel and the sequel, then you're oh, another WB movie. But but there's movies where it's like, what was the one with uh, Raquel Welch and Bill Cosby and uh, Harvey Keitel? And I think that where there's like three names. Ghost Dad. Ghost Dad, right? <laughs> Here we go. WB Blue and the Bee. Yeah. WB. Okay, so I'm typing in how I got into college, 1989. And let me see but don't you have something for your... How I got into college, full next. movie online. Well, let's see. Three minutes. I don't think we have the full... Huh. Well, here's the ad for it. Prepare yourself for getting into college. How do you think you did, Marlon? I don't know. Sure you did fine. Your skin will crawl. Your heart will pound. Your teeth will chatter. Your bladder will fail. Your brain will melt and run out of your nose. When one student tells how I got into college. Last year, a girl took up professional wrestling and she got into Yale. Starts Friday, May 19th at a theater near you. Check local listings. I take that back. That actually played in a theater. It says, How I Got Into College, 1989, Marlon Brown. I guess that's so the lead. So this isn't even John Cusack? Right. No, he hated being in Better Off Dead. and uh, He had to do the second movie, but he bailed on the third. That He's a dummy if he hated he's, uh... doing Better Off Dead. Oh, the guy from Revenge of the Nerds is in it. Yeah, Bo- uh, Booger, Curtis Armstrong. Booger, right. Yeah. Well, that's not the movie we're going to watch next week. Okay. Uh, I'm going to see if I can find it here. To be prepared. See if I can find a trailer. It's a film from 1997, Carl. It has a National Lampoon movie. It's called National Lampoon's Dad's Week Off. And it played Dad's on Showtime. Week Off. Yeah. That's probably why I wanted to try. Okay. And uh, there is a full version, and it stars Henry Winkler, and uh, he meets. That's great. <laughs> and I think it's the director of uh, Police Academy, Neil Israel. What did you think? 1997. Yeah. It premiered on Showtime. I don't have a trailer for this. I just have. That's a good. Um, that's a good. Tra- uh, that's a good director. That's a good star. Yeah. And if it's bad, that's gonna make it even better. 
Well, I don't have the trailer, but let's listen to this video. It's called Dad's Week Off. My daughter went off to camp and asked me to do a video telling me what they would miss for my kids. Here's my entry. So let's, uh, this will count as our movie trailer for next week. And if my, if my uncle is in the studio, I might pick a better bad movie. Goodbye, McKenna. We'll miss you at camp. Have a great time. I don't really know what we'll do without you. Probably nothing. We'll probably be just sitting here waiting for you to come home. Goodbye. <laughs> she bought it. Dad humor, Carl. Yeah. Uh... Here he goes. He's in his underwear. Yeah. He's like talking to <laughs> Well, if you want to watch it, uh, he only has 45 views so far. He has a hot tub, too, with a dog in the pool. Bad, bad okay, dog. Okay, so I found it. It's an hour, 39 minutes. Yeah. And, yeah, it starts off with Henry Winkler. Okay, so this, <clears throat> I shouldn't invest in this. It might not be our film. Let's say it is our film. And then, uh, yeah, let's just do it anyway. How about if it isn't our film, it will be the next time or something. Right, the next time so we're that... back live. Uh, on the, okay. th- on the, uh, Easter Sunday, we'll not be in the studio. It will be a pre-recorded show. It might be one that extends the two-hour format, but if you're interested in receiving the full MP3, uh, drop us a note on Twitter at L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T, and uh, we'll, we'll hook you up. We just want to know who's listening to us, who's our fans, right? Yeah. Yeah. We just uh, we want to connect with you guys and let us and let us know. Give us some feedback. You could do it on our Facebook page. You could do it on the Twitter. Carl, where can people see you in uh, the tri-state area? If they can see me at Scotty's Pub and Comedy Cove in Springfield. But when it's going to be towards the end of April, I mean, I'm sure. Oh, it'll be yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll promote it again. So we'll promote it again. By. Speaking of April, I'll be performing sketch comedy here in the studio uh, with my colleague Colin Mahan where The Great Difficulties is called The Great Difficulties Sketch Comedy Internet Radio Night. We should have a live audience in here. And if not, we'll be still uh, plowing through our sketches, which we played last week. And I want to thank you, your, your patience for listening to that and letting me gild the lily and play some sketch comedy on my show. Uh, so that's it for us. I'm going to go ahead and play our theme song off the new board. And uh, Carl, thank you so much. That was great. Thank, thank you for you. research. Thank you for watching this movie twice. Now you've seen Bill uh, yeah. three times. This made a third time for me. Oh Not my a god! Charm, but <laughs> <laughs> not charm. I'm dedicated. So all right, and we want to thank everyone. Keep bringing up the feed. We want you to be with us no matter where we are. So we'll talk to you next week. Okay. All right. Thanks. Thanks, Carl. Bye. My turn-ons are sad sheets. I like to pee outdoors. You should follow me on Twitter. It's Jokes to Carl. Not duh like duh. Oh, that's funny. It's duh like French. So it's Jokes to Carl. Follow me now. With Michael Spiegelman. Cooperative located at 1745 Folsom Street in the Mission District. Without a pattern. We'll gather around me sea dogs and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of Mutiny Radio.fm. 
From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. Mutiny Radio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Hey everybody, listen to the Weekly Review with Roman every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. This is an unapologetically anti-capitalist program. We interview community organizers, activists, and artists. We talk about ways you can take action right now. So listen in to the Weekly Review every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. and live music promotion, go to www.subliminalsf.com and check out their hilarious t-shirts and super cool bands at clubs and bars all over the Bay Area. Subliminal SF creates amazing flyers, posters, and design for every need. So go now to www.subliminalsf.com and experience what this wonderful local business has to offer. My friends here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that anytime I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's Deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere fun. every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because $5, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere $5 is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere, like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse, or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? It's a cash cock, honey. (laughs) Well, hello, boys and girls. You know what a password is. That's a secret word that soldiers would use to get past the sentry and up to the front. Well, here's a password that gets you up to the front in all the right places. It's cannabis energy. It seems the faster you go, the more cannabis energy you need. So if you want to win, you have to have lots of cannabis energy. 
And the swellest way I know to get it is just by using Green Army Skincare. Boy, they're just crammed full of cannabis energy. There are more cannabis energy units in one lip balm tube than you use circling the base 10 times or when you ride your bike four miles across the city. And it's fast acting. Why, no sooner that you apply some balm to your mouth or pain areas, you practically feel the new strength in your muscles. And what's more, Green Army Skincare is a good, wholesome product. They're made with body nourishing cannabis and other natural ingredients. So go out there today and pick up some Green Army Skincare products from your local cannabis procurement center. Join thegreenarmy.com. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, we'd like to invite you down to Bender's Barn Grill in the heart of the Mission District in San Francisco at 806 South Van Ness. Uh, we've got great food by our kitchen counter offer, burgers, tater tots, tachos, corn dogs, all sorts of good stuff like that. They're open from opening until 11 p.m. most days of the week, except Saturday. Every Saturday night, we've got live rock and roll, some of the best local bands in San Francisco, and touring acts as well. Come on down, 10 p.m., rock and roll, only night of the week. We have a $5 cover charge, always 5 bucks for live rock and roll. We're open from 4 p.m. until 2 a.m., Monday through Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, 2 to 2. Come on down, have some drinks with us. We've got Whiskey Wednesday, Tequila Tuesday, and we've always got the Steve McQueen special, shot of bullet bourbon and a can of California lager for 8 bucks. Come down and enjoy our patio. It's open uh, in the afternoon, not really in the evening, but a lot of good folks hanging out back there. Come on down, give us a shout. Drop by the bar, make some friends. Thanks, folks. Bender's Bar and Grill in the heart of the Mission District, San Francisco, California. With a happy hour every Monday through Friday until 7 p.m. Don't miss it. Go to Bender's Bar. Big supporter of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival 2018. Yeah, it goes down. Come smoke with your boy. Grinder. Spark is San Francisco's premier cannabis dispensary with a focus on serving and educating patients for seven years. Spark is dedicated to creating the best in-store experience with its extensive menu, friendly staff, and one of the few cannabis vape lounges in San Francisco. Spark welcomes you to visit its two great locations as a medical patient or for recreational adult use in 2018. Spark is located at 1256 Mission Street between 8th and 9th and at 473 Haight Street at Fillmore. Both locations are open until 10 p.m. every night. Spark staff looks forward to serving you. Rainbow Grocery, a worker-owned and operated food cooperative located at 1745 Folsom Street in the Mission District of San Francisco. Let's hear what locals have to say about Rainbow Grocery. Their bulk section is dope AF. I love their their variety of cheese and home decor items uh, and this of unique items that you can't find anywhere else. Their cheese section is insane. 
I love Rainbow Grocery because it's the number one grocery store to shop at when you're having a potluck and need to fulfill everyone's dietary needs. They don't have meat. Rainbow Grocery Cooperative, an amazing San Francisco staple since 1975. For all your space chicken sci-fi comedy non-political humor needs, go to timstesseract.com. Read fiction about the future of San Francisco after the water wars of 2121 in Jane 6. Ask a Jedi for important life hacks. Eat flesh with the bare exoskeleton Contessa. And check your horror horoscope on Horoscopia. Updated every three parsecs. Timstesseract.com Timstesseract.com So you want to be a comic? It's not as easy as we make it look. But that's because Mutiny Radio has eight hours a week of open mic stage time for all your comedy workout needs. Strain those improv muscles every Sunday from four to six at Getting Sketchy with David Stolowitz. Press out those new jokes every Monday, 6 to 8, on Joke Workshop with four-minute sets and four-minute critiques from everyone kept positive by host Pam Benjamin. Pump those dick jokes every Thursday, 7 to 9, with True Hustle Thursdays. Hashtag THC. That's hashtag THC. You want more open mics? Fridays, 6 to 8. Happy hour with guest host and George D. Smith. Pew, pew, pew. Four open mics every week at Mutiny Radio, brother. work and take a seat at Asiento, a great place to meet friends, have delicious tapas and drinks, and relax with your neighbors. Located at Bryant 21st Street in the Deep Mission, Kitty Corner Block from Mutiny Radio. Come and get a drink during the comedy festival and enjoy happy hour pricing all night long with your festival ticket. A great neighborhood bar. Come take a seat at Asiento. The Roxy Theater is San Francisco's favorite nonprofit art house cinema, bringing you the best, coolest, weirdest, most thought provoking movies of the past, present, and future. Hands down, there is no better way to get your film fix than at this legendary historic theater. Visit www.roxy.com. That's www.roxie.com today for showtimes and tickets. Everybody should listen to Mutiny Radio at mutinyradio.fm. It's a great place to listen to crazy things. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a pattern? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of mutinyradio.fm. 
From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. Mutiny Radio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Hey everybody, listen to the Weekly Review with Roman every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. This is an unapologetically anti-capitalist program. We interview community organizers, activists, and artists. We talk about ways you can take action right now. So listen in to the Weekly Review every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. flyers, posters, and design for every need. So go now to www.subliminalsf.com and experience what this wonderful local business has to offer. Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere five dollars every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because five dollars, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere five dollars is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere, like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse, or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? It's a cash cock, honey. (laughs) Well, hello, boys and girls. You know what a password is. That's a secret word that soldiers would use to get past the sentry and up to the front. Well, here's a password that gets you up to the front in all the right places. It's cannabis energy. It seems the faster you go, the more cannabis energy you need. So if you want to win, you have to have lots of cannabis energy. 
and the swellest way I know to get it is just by using Green Army Skincare. Boy, they're just crammed full of cannabis energy. There are more cannabis energy units in one lip balm tube than you use circling the base 10 times or when you ride your bike four miles across the city. And it's fast acting. Why, no sooner that you apply some balm to your mouth or pain areas, you practically feel the new strength in your muscles. And what's more, Green Army Skincare is a good, wholesome product. They're made with body nourishing cannabis and other natural ingredients. So go out there today and pick up some Green Army Skincare products from your local cannabis procurement center. Join thegreenarmy.com. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, we'd like to invite you down to Bender's Bar and Grill in the heart of the Mission District in San Francisco at 806 South Van Ness. Uh, we've got great food by our kitchen counter offer, burgers, tater tots, tachos, corn dogs, all sorts of good stuff like that. They're open from opening until 11 p.m. most days of the week, except Saturday. Every Saturday night, we've got live rock and roll, some of the best local bands in San Francisco, and touring acts as well. Come on down, 10 p.m., rock and roll, only night of the week. We have a $5 cover charge, always 5 bucks for live rock and roll. We're open from 4 p.m. until 2 a.m., Monday through Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, 2 to 2. Come on down, have some drinks with us. We've got Whiskey Wednesday, Tequila Tuesday, and we've always got the Steve McQueen special, a shot of bullet bourbon and a can of California lager for 8 bucks. Come down and enjoy our patio. It's open in the afternoon, not really in the evening, but a lot of good folks hanging out back there. Come on down, give us a shout. Drop by the bar, make some friends. Thanks, folks. Bender's Bar and Grill in the heart of the Mission District, San Francisco, California. With a happy hour every Monday through Friday until 7 p.m. Don't miss it. Go to Bender's Bar. Big supporter of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival 2018. Yeah, it goes down. Come smoke with your boy. Grinder. Spark is San Francisco's premier cannabis dispensary with a focus on serving and educating patients for seven years. Spark is dedicated to creating the best in-store experience with its extensive menu, friendly staff, and one of the few cannabis vape lounges in San Francisco. Spark welcomes you to visit its two great locations as a medical patient or for recreational adult use in 2018. Spark is located at 1256 Mission Street between 8th and 9th and at 473 Haight Street at Fillmore. Both locations are open until 10 p.m. every night. Spark staff looks forward to serving you. Rainbow Grocery, a worker-owned and operated food cooperative located at 1745 Folsom Street in the Mission District of San Francisco. Let's hear what locals have to say about Rainbow Grocery. Their bulk section is dope AF. I love their their variety of cheese and home decor items uh, and this of unique items that you can't find anywhere else. Their cheese section is insane. 
I love Rainbow Grocery because it's the number one grocery store to shop at when you're having a potluck and need to fulfill everyone's dietary needs. They don't have meat. Rainbow Grocery Cooperative, an amazing San Francisco staple since 1975. For all your space chicken sci-fi comedy non-political humor needs, go to timstesseract.com. Read fiction about the future of San Francisco after the water wars of 2121 in Jane 6. Ask a Jedi for important life hacks. Eat flesh with the bear exoskeleton Contessa. And check your horror 